Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, Pater! Pater! And welcome to Paydirt, a Penn State football show. The Nittany Lions take out the Utah Utes in the Rose Bowl by a score of 35 to 21, a big win to finish the season. Along with former Penn State and NFL quarterback Matt McGloin, I'm Tom Hannafin, and welcome to Paydirt. This show is brought to you by our sponsors, Funk Brewing, the official craft beer partner of Paydirt. We're big fans of Funk Citrus IPA and their Silent Disco IPA, but be sure to also check out their Cranberry Sour Power Ale, the 365 Birthday IPA and the Oatmeal Cookie Golden Ale. Funk has so many great beers to choose from at their tap rooms in Emmaus, Elizabethtown, and York in Pennsylvania. You can find a variety of Funk Brewing beers at your favorite beer distributor and grocery store. Visit FunkBrewing.com to learn where and how you can get their fantastic products. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. Please drink responsibly. Also, Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for alt sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, golf, and of course the remainder of the college football bowl season. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Paydirt is presented by BetOnline, where the game starts. Also, we invite you to head to shop.believe.com, that's shop.b-l-e-a-v.com, and search Paydirt for our two t-shirts. One is the official show logo over the heart. It comes in white, navy blue, and black, and the other is a navy blue t-shirt. It has the Paydirt wordmark over the heart, and on the back, circa the 2012 Penn State football season, it has Matt McGloin's name and number. Again, head to shop.believe.com, that's shop.b-l-e-a-v.com, and search Paydirt for our two t-shirts matt this is a storybook ending this is the signature statement victory that penn state has needed all season long and they get it and the granddaddy of them all in pasadena california this was quite the season (laughs) and to cap it off this way it just feels so special how do you feel after this victory 11 and 2 Right. Really impressive season. Um, again, the only two teams you lost to were two teams that were in the college football playoff. So and and Tom, we knew this with this game. It was all about Penn State. It was all on Penn State. A good, tough, physical Utah football team they were up against. They were a team that was in back to back Rose Bowls, the Pac-12 champs, a team that wasn't there this year just to be happy. They were there to win it. They were there to compete. But Penn State did exactly what they needed to do in this football game. Play crisp, play clean, not turn it over, just play consistent football offensively, establish the run. They were great on money down, Tom, on third down. Third down's money down, and they, they were fantastic on it. They played tough physical defense. They got better as the game went on. I thought one of the things that was really impressive, too, some of the in-game adjustments that they made, um, just kind of early on, you can you can get a sense that the teams were just feeling each other out. But then Penn State started to figure out where 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 the holes were um, in this uh, in this Utah defense, how, how to continue to attack this offense. I certainly would have liked to have seen this game, 
you know, with Cam Cam Rising finishing it, how that would have yeah, played out. We'll I think, get to I think, that. Yeah. think it might I think it might have been a little bit better. Uh, but uh, but no, Penn State did everything they had to do to win this game and to start twenty twenty three off on a, on a high note. You and I are very like minded when it comes to you know you you want to face the best team and their their best shot. So Cam Rising going out in the third quarter. It's bittersweet. I mean, you'll you'll take the win, thirty five twenty one, and and really this could have been thirty five fourteen if it had not been for a late kind of garbage time score there by Utah. But obviously the game turned when Cam Rising went out. It was a big gap between Rising and Barnes, and you can just see how much Rising means to that football team yeah. off the field, and then obviously what he was doing on the field to keep them alive in that game because the rushing attack of Utah was having success there in the first half. Nothing terribly drastic but it was pretty much dead even in fact it was dead even on the scoreboard and just about dead even statistically at halftime uh, he obviously was missing Dalton Kincaid that uh, didn't have the number of receivers or the talented receiver that he would have liked and then the second he gets injured you put in an inexperienced backup like Barnes and then the rain starts to come down like everything was going against Utah there in the second half uh, is there any part of you that's like, ah, oh, man, you know, I would have liked to have seen how this game finished with rising at quarterback. I, I still think Penn State would have won. I agree. But I, 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 w I definitely would have liked to have seen rising finish that game. Just, you know what I mean? As a fan, right? You want to see a good competitive game for four quarters. Uh, but uh, but look, you're right. I mean, give credit to Barnes. N not an easy situation to be in, Tom. To go into it, first off, as a backup, just to go on any game, but to go into the Rose Bowl and be expected yeah. to bring your team back and to try to compete against one of the better defenses in America, extremely difficult to do. But again, Penn State took advantage of it. They kept attacking, 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 um, and did a good job of kind of understanding the moment, understanding the situation, and say, okay, here we go. Now we really need to finish this football game right now here um, at this point in time. And and they did that. But you're right. I mean, you mentioned the run game with Rising. You know, it, it, pr early on in this game, Tom, like you got the sense that they weren't going to have success pushing the football down the field. You weren't going to be able to expose the secondary of Penn State. It was going to be it was going to be tough sledding all day for you to push the football 15, 20 yards down the field. But I think Utah realized that, and that's what you said. They had success in that that running the football, some short game. Um, uh, Cam Rising ran the football really well, extending yes. plays, creating plays like they had to sustain drives. Um, you know, um, but, uh, but again, listen, Penn State did what they had to do. That's a tough physical football team right there. And it's just, it, it just, it shows you that if Penn State can just play to Penn State standard, they can play Penn State football, they can take care of their own business, they can play with anybody, they can beat anybody in America. Yeah, the, the gap between the college football playoff teams and even the other teams that we just saw battle in, in Tulane and USC in the Cotton Bowl on this same day, I mean, it, the gap, is still evident a little bit, you know, but between this team, but still what Penn State could be in 2023, I think you're going to see the gap narrow, which is it's not great. big. It's not big, Tom. It's not no, big. And, and as you know, it's just, it's margins. It's mm -hmm. fractions of a percentage. So um, I want to focus on Sean Clifford. This was, you know, you and I talked about coming into this game. Does this redeem everything for Sean Clifford? I think time is going to be kinder to Sean Clifford than many Penn State fans, myself included, have been to Sean Clifford during his stint at Penn State. I think ultimately this performance today was exactly what Penn State needed. They didn't need the Sean Clifford who has had games of 
four touchdowns, five touchdowns, over 300 yards passing. They needed Sean Clifford to do what he did. You talked about the money downs. Penn State was 7 of 13 on third down. Sean Clifford was 16 of 22, 279 yards and two touchdowns. This podcast all season long has been talking about how Sean Clifford is best when it's 20 to 25 attempts per game. And he did exactly what Penn State needed to win. You had a running game that was a bit feast or famine uh, at times, but still explosive. You got explosive games in the pa- uh, uh, gains in the passing game, which has not been Penn State's style most of the season. So there were some things that were uncharacteristic. But at the end of the day, Sean Clifford walks off into the sunset. He gets the storybook ending that you and I talked about on the preview episode. The kid who was standing outside the Rose Bowl when he was 10 years old. Fast forward, 24 years old, and he wins the Rose Bowl in his last game at Penn State. How did you feel about what Clifford uh, did and what he has accomplished for Penn State? Yeah, it's one of those things, Tom, where it's like if you're a coach, Sean Clifford's your quarterback. You say to Sean, Sean, here's what I need you to do in this game today. Your job. And that's it. Don't feel like you have to put the team on your back. Don't feel like you have to make big throw after big throw, big moment after big moment, explosive play after explosive play, highlight after highlight. Don't feel like you have to do that. Just be patient. Opportunities will come. And when those opportunities present themselves, then you need to take advantage of that. One of the things that I was impressed with, you saw like the first two drives, Tom, um, You're like, all right, teams are feeling themselves out a little bit here. Then what does Sean do on that third drive? Finds his tight ends to find completions. He finds Warren in the middle of the field. Uh, uh, He finds a big throw to Johnson, Johnson. which led to the touchdown to Singleton, right? And then you're like, all right, here it is now. Like outside, you know, maybe, maybe they're covering up Tinsley here because they know we don't have a ton of depth at the wide receiver spot. So what do I do? I'm going inside to work to my tight ends. And then as the game went on, everything opened up. I think because of that, you saw Lambert Smith have that big play. Uh, you know, Harrison Wallace, the third had a couple of big catches, Tom. Now I still think there's a little uncertainty at times for those guys, those yes. guys there, but still very encouraging to see those guys making plays and not just making plays, but making plays when it mattered in the Rose Bowl. So uh, a lot of encouraging things there. But again, you know, uh, a guy like Sean Clifford, who received probably more criticism than any Penn State quarterback in recent memory, um, and for him to continue to show up day in and day out, week in and week out, game in and game out, and and win big games, that we talked about having a marquee win, this is it for him. This is his marquee win. There's no better way for him to be able to go out um, you know, so again, ton of respect for him. I give him a lot of credit um, for being a leader, for being a captain, um, and and playing you know as well as he did today. And uh, you know, again, all you can say is is good for him, and 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 thank you for for being a great Penn State quarterback for the past six seasons. Yeah, you could see the emotion as he came off the field. I thought the way James Franklin handled his exit from the game perfectly he made sure that he got his moment in front of the crowd there uh, in Pasadena in front of the Penn State fans especially that made the trip Uh, you could see just how emotional Sean Clifford was coming off the field you could see how emotional James Franklin was like James Franklin's taking a lot of flack for a number of reasons but he's stuck to his guns when it's come to having Clifford in the game you know what's it's funny Tom because like you don't think about your last game but like to see how emotional Sean was it makes me think of like my last game after we, because we, that was it. We knew it was it. We didn't have a bowl game in 2012, right? We would have been bowl eligible, 
but it was a 12 game season and that's it. You knew, you knew when it was going to be over. So you play the Wisconsin game and like, I'll never forget it. Like they missed the field goal and that was the game. And immediately you just become emotional because you know, that's it. Um, you know, you don't want to take your Jersey off. You don't want to take your spikes off. You don't want to let go of the helmet that you're holding on into your hand. You don't want to walk off the field. Um, you know, all, all these memories and emotions just come rushing back. So I definitely know what Sean was going through there. I mean, it's an emotional game. You're passionate about the game. You know, you're excited to have the opportunity to play the game, but there's just something about playing for Penn State, Tom, that's uh and being a part of, of that school and that university. There's something exciting about it. And again, to know that it, that that it's over, you know, it's definitely an emotional, yeah. Well, and you can also relate to in that, you know, despite the confidence that you had in yourself and what you'd put together as a body of work, your future in professional football was a question mark. And we've talked about it a bunch. You went undrafted. I'm sure there was something in the back of your mind that granted you felt confident in your abilities. But at the same time, you're like, I don't know what's going to be next. Sean Clifford is kind of in that boat. I, I genuinely can't sit here and tell you that he is going to be drafted. I, I believe he will probably get a shot in some NFL camps. I hope that he's given a shot, uh, but I, I can't say I can't sit here and reasonably say, oh, he's definitely going to get drafted or he's even definitely going to get picked up by a team. That is a very you know complicated circumstance to be in. And then you tack on the emotion, as you just mentioned, of it being your last game at a university that you cherish. He did a real good job compartmentalizing that all day, and that's what the broadcast team was talking about is that he was just locked into the moment, and then he just let it all go there at the end. But, I mean, did any of that weigh on your mind as you, you know, walk off the field as a Penn State Nittany Lion for the last time? I, you know, I don't think so. You know, I, I don't think, you know. I, that's I, later? I, 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 yeah, I don't think I had any thoughts about what was next at that point in time. Now, I mean, obviously, Tom, like, you mentioned the confidence thing. Like when you're a quarterback, when you're a starting quarterback, you always feel like nobody can do your job better than you. You know what I mean? You always feel like if you're on the practice field, if you're in a game, wherever it is, that you're going to compete and that you're going to win and you're going to be best available and that you're going to be able to do the best job. That's just that's the mental approach you need. That's how you need to attack everything. When when you play football at Penn State, you play in the NFL. Um, you just, you have to have that confidence, you know, because it's, it's contagious as well. Guys see that, you know, it makes them want to compete. It makes them want to be the best as well. Um, you know, but, but here's the thing too, with that, you know, one of the things I learned, Tom, like, does everybody want to have their name called throughout those three days of the NFL draft? Heck yeah. Somebody tells, you no, they're lying. You know, like I said, like I remember watching the draft thinking to myself, like, I don't know, maybe there's a chance maybe in the seventh round. I don't know. Um, and when your name doesn't get called yeah, it's like, oh, like that hurts. That hurts. But now having gone through it, all you want is an opportunity. First round, fifth round, seventh round, undrafted, a mini camp invite, whatever it may be. All you want is to get your foot in the door and say, okay, here's what I can do. It's either good enough or it isn't. But at least you know, Tom. All you want is the opportunity to be there to showcase your talent, to showcase your ability. Make them say no. Make make them send you home. Right? Put put like do everything you possibly can to put the best plays on tape to make sure you're well prepared, to make sure that you're ready to play and that you're doing your job. Right? 
force them to make the difficult decisions. Um, so yeah, you know, I don't think, you know, Sean or any other Penn state player, you know, right now are probably thinking about the NFL or what's next, but time will come when you do start to think about that. And again, if I had any advice, it's just, just get your foot in the door and then do your best to make the most of that opportunity. And Sean's a smart guy, and it sounds like everybody loves him and respects him. You know, he started his own NIL agency, Limitless NIL, and we've had Aeneas Hawkins on here a number of times to talk about it. So he's got an eye on his future, whether it's on the field or off the field. So we'll we'll see what happens for Sean Clifford. And, you know, we, we've talked about it a lot and that Sean Clifford's been highly criticized, as has James Franklin. And James Franklin, like Sean Clifford, shot up a lot of doubters today. And myself included, and in that you know you finished the season eleven and two. You started the season unranked, and it didn't look terribly promising coming into this year. I know there's some fans out there they're like, "Well, we could have been the national championship picture." I I, I didn't see that at all with this team. I thought this was a good team mm-hmm. for them to finish eleven and two is spectacular and beyond my wildest dreams, especially from the cap it off with a Rose Bowl victory. Did this victory do anything to maybe change your perception of James Franklin one way or the other? You know, um, you're right. I give him a ton of credit for the job he did this year. Um, I give him a ton of credit because, and I think we've talked about this before, Tom, like it, it seemed like this year he he's taken a step back a little bit, right? And and let Yurisich take control of the offense, Diaz take control of the ef- defense. And I know sometimes we have you know, different thoughts on that. You know, I, I mean, it can be maybe confusing to players who are listening to, you know, different coaches tell them what to do instead of it coming from the head coach. Sure. Um, you know, but I, I mean, to be to be 11 and two, it, it, it seemed like it worked out for them. Um, you know, he, here's what I can say, Tom, about this Rose Bowl victory is that, and we talked about this again on the preview, puts them in the conversation in 2023. Right, the way they recruit, the talent they have, the depth that they have, the guys returning, puts them in the conversation. Now, right, I'm not saying you know they're gonna jump, you know, Michigan or Ohio State or anybody like that, and saying that well they're ahead of them now and they have a chance to to win the playoff. But it puts them in that anywhere from eight to ten range of teams where you think can make a push towards the playoff. But what this win does too, it's now expected. So there's there's no going back, Tom, to a eight and four or even nine and three is a good year. You're now expected to win ten games and have a chance to beat Michigan and have a chance to be Ohio State and be the representative from the East in the Big Ten championship game. That is that is now expected because we've seen it against the number eight team in America in the Rose Bowl against Utah. You had Ohio State, Michigan. It just wasn't a good day, right? But it's expected now. The way they've played since that Michigan game, including this Rose Bowl victory, has been really, really impressive and really good. Um, Everything is there. All the pieces are there. We'll see. They certainly have the momentum now with this Rose Bowl victory. Everything is in place. No more excuses, Tom. Are you a fan of rivalries? Are you a fan of smack talk? Do you like to stand out from the crowd at tailgates? If so, head over to Smack Apparel and check out what their team has geared up for this football season. Their Let There Be White tee is the perfect gear for those famous whiteout games at Beaver Stadium. Or get straight to the point with the worst tee. 
for all the Ohio State haters out there. Smack Apparel makes the gear that'll have everyone asking where you got it. They have the must-have tees for all your teams, including pro football, baseball, basketball. Every fan is covered. Head over to their website, smackapparel.com, and use the promo code PAYDIRT at checkout for 10% off. Again, that's smackapparel.com, promo code PAYDIRT at checkout. Why wear boring when you can wear smack? Are you looking for undeniably good hair and beard care? Then Maestro's Classic is perfect for you. Maestro's has beard washes, beard oils, beard butters, plus hair gels and pomades. It's one brand for every man. Visit maestrosclassic.com. That's M-A-E-S-T-R-O-S classic.com and use our promo code paydirt 15 paydirt 15 at checkout for 15% off your order. Maestro's Classic, crafting a better you. I think this does a, a variety of things for James Franklin and the, and the team as a whole is that one your assistants, your coordinators are going to be more inclined to stick around because it's not just like, well, we had a good season. I'm off to a bigger job or a high paying job. I want to stick around because there's a chance this team can win a national championship. And Mike Yurcich came to Penn State because of the hope of landing a big time recruited quarterback. And they got that in Drew Aller. So you know that Mike Yurcich is going to be there for a minute and he wants to see how the Aller project goes. And then you've got Manny Diaz, who, in my opinion, one of the best, if not the best coordinator hire of the offseason, one of the best defensive coordinators in America. So if you see him stick around for a minute, because he thinks Penn State can accomplish something, and these coaches are obviously closer to the project of you know winning a national championship than anybody, so there, there's reading the tea leaves there to a degree. I think also is that winning this game, if you've got recruits that are in the transfer portal, or you know recruits or, or guys who are already in college, excuse me, guys who are in the transfer portal who are maybe waiting to kind of see how the dust settles here with bowl season, now you're looking at Penn State as oh, I can go there and I can be a part of a national championship maybe next year. And then obviously the playoff expands to 12 teams in 2024. So you feel pretty good about that in 2024. You better be in that top 12 in 2024. That's an expectation. But all of a sudden, Penn State becomes a very, very interesting landing spot if you want to win now. And as you know, we've talked about a lot, Matt, is that the immediacy of college football is king right now, whether that's NIL money or being able to win right now. So I'm really curious to see if there's some big time movement after this. And, and something you and I were texting about before we got on here is that the rumor of Jim Harbaugh at Michigan potentially leaving for the NFL, if an offer comes up, that shakes up the Big Ten completely. Yeah, yeah. So, somebody actually sent me that. It was like, a, I guess, Sports Center or somebody that put that on Instagram that there's yeah. a potential that Jim Harbaugh leaves for an NFL job. And yeah, I mean, you, you just wonder what that would do to Michigan. And, uh, you know, but again, for me, like looking at it, like ah, I would love for him to stay at Michigan. You know what I mean? And, and Jim Harbaugh, Michigan, Ryan Day back at Ohio State. Obviously, you know, Franklin Diaz, the back at Penn State, you know, to kind of see that rivalry continue to grow, continue to build, continue to see those guys compete um, with uh, with one another. Uh, you know, here, here's another thing too, Tom, and I want to get your thoughts on this. Wide receivers. We talked, we touched mm. on it a little bit earlier, right? That that was a concern for me throughout this month of December um, and leading up into this this you know January second bowl game here. You know, you mentioned the portal as well. Did you see enough from Lambert Smith? Did you see enough from Harrison Wallace? 
or is there still a need and a want to have to go to the portal and get a wide receiver? For, for me, yeah. for me, there is to, to create yeah, competition, create competition. Yeah. If you can I, find another Tinsley type guy, that's a win. Boy, I remember when Penn State picked up Tinsley, I, I was excited and know a lot of people were like, hey, he was at Western Kentucky. We'll see if this shakes out. Boy, he, he was a real nice piece this mm-hmm. season, and especially not having Parker Washington at the Rose Bowl uh, due to injury. Man, Mitchell Tinsley looked good in this game, got a Rose Bowl touchdown, helped his team win, had a lot of timely receptions, uh, a possession receiver in the best way to describe that. Keandre Lambert-Smith, we saw and he had a touchdown as well, is that he can be that big play guy. It's just about consistency with catching the football, and getting open on a regular basis. That's something he struggled with. Uh, Harrison Wallace had a couple of catches, but he also had a drop at one point that is like, all right, you know, those are worrisome. Those are concerning. And then the other guys in the receiving core are just young. It's just a lot of guys that need time to mature. So I think the value, and you know this, of regardless of position, if you have a veteran like Tinsley in there to teach, Washington in there to teach, getting another transfer guy to come in and help be a role model for yeah. these other receivers is going to do so much because I feel very confident about the tight end position. You're going to have uh, Johnson and Warren that are going to be leading the way. You've got Strange off to the NFL. There's a bunch of tight ends that are coming in in this class that have ability. Uh, Rapelier is the guy that comes to mind who could be third on the depth chart there and could, you know, people are already comparing him to Pat Fryermuth. So a lot has to happen, but they need to go get a receiver, in my opinion. They need to help with depth along the offensive line because the offensive line, so many injuries this season, Matt, and a lot of youth. But if you can make sure that you've got interchangeable parts and you can make sure that doesn't fall apart, Drew Aller's not going to accomplish anything next season if you don't have the right guys to protect him. It's you're right there. You need the depth at the offensive line position, but it's got to, it's got to be one of these things, Tom, where you have experience you have to have a line position, but younger guys as well that you know are going to continue to grow and continue to develop, but can play if you need them in certain spots, certain moments. Um, you know, you mentioned Drew Allar. Um, obviously, everything. All the attention, everything turns to him right now. And like, you know, my thing is like, you know, he hasn't started a game yet. Mm-hmm. Now we've seen flashes. Um, everything is there. Arm strength, ability, talent, size. Um, the ability to process the information is there, I believe. We've seen it at times as well. Um, you know, we're gonna, and I know we're going to talk about this all offseason, Tom, but it's one of those things. It's like you're not going to know until he takes the field for the first time in September because there's a big difference between being the guy and then just getting thrown out there towards the end of the game to hand the football off a few times or, you know, to try to throw it in the end zone. Um, so, you know, again, expectations are high. Everything is there. Everything's in place, you know, and a lot about what we've talked about offensive line, Nick Singleton, Catron Allen, these wide receivers, the depth and depth of this defense. But I think a lot, and it all fits together here, Tom, because now it becomes being able to continue to build around Drew Allar. Yes. And at the end of the day, that hype needs to be realized. Yeah. You know, I, I think 
Penn State fans, it's a cautionary tale and that we saw what Christian Hackenberg was. And no disrespect to Christian Hackenberg, but he was a big-time recruit. And I don't think he quite lived up to expectations. I think people are looking at Drew Auer like he can wind up like Trevor Lawrence once upon a time from Clemson. That's best-case scenario, and I think everybody's immediately jumping to that. we got a long ways to go. You need to see more explosion from the quarterback position in 2023. And that, again, nothing against Sean Clifford, but that is clearly something that needs improvement. You need the offensive line to be healthy and playing as a unit. You got a lot of guys coming back, a lot of talent coming back next season. Mm-hmm. And some of those guys are young too, which is great. You've got questions of wide receiver. Can you address that in the transfer portal? You feel really good, obviously, about Singleton and Allen. You feel really good about your tight ends. So let's flip to the other side of the ball. The defense. Look good to get against Utah. Now, there are definitely some things where uh, the linebacking core, we talk about maybe getting a guy in the transfer portal. Wouldn't hate seeing somebody there. Defensive line, a lot of talent. Got to see if there's any other guys that declare for the NFL draft, but you know you're losing Mustafer. So that's going to be a huge, literally huge gap to fill because people the size of P.J. Mustafer don't just roam the earth at every corner. That's a big thing to replace. Secondary, you're going to lose Tig Brown. You're obviously lo- losing Joey Porter Jr. There's a lot of depth there, but there's going to be young guys that have to step up. You get Storm Duck from UNC, who's a transfer portal guy. So I feel pretty good about the defense. When you look at the defense, what areas need work? Yeah, I, I don't look, and I know you mentioned losing Jair Brown, losing Joey Porter Jr. I don't think it needs much work, though. Like, it hurts to lose those guys, obviously, right? But we still saw a high-functioning defense and a high-functioning secondary there without Joey Porter Jr. And it's because of the way Johnny Dixon has developed and played. Um, you know, Keaton Ellis, um, right? Daquan Hardy. Um, you know, and then, of course, you have, you know, you know uh, Jalen Reeds, Akeem Wheatley. Um, you know, but, like, th- this is a talented group that has played a lot of football. Um you know, so look, losing Jair Brown obviously is going to hurt you, and that's just because of how talented he is. But it's because of the the leadership qualities um, and just what his presence has meant to that secondary and that defense. That'll hurt you. Somebody will need to step up, Tom, and fill that role that that he played as a leader and a part of that team. Um, look, if it's anything, it has to be linebackers. You know, I mean, I mean, look at the Abdul Carter. Um, I mean, has been extremely impressive all year, you know, to be able to see the growth there and, you know, how he's, you know, potentially turning into the next great Penn State linebacker. Um, You know, so, I mean, it's going to be an interesting offseason time. It's going to be extremely competitive, I feel like, this offseason here. But again, one of the things Penn State did such a good job at is getting guys reps. Right, figuring out what packages worked, which guys worked well together, which guys played well together. Right. They they I mean they talk about that. They talk about right playing the game, but also building for the future and building for next year as well. There's a lot of potential, a lot of expectation, a lot of hype. Uh this Utah victory just felt so good on both sides of the ball. Very competitive there in the first half. You lose Cam rising, the game does change, but the way that the defense finished, the way that the offense played efficiently. There's just so much to build on from this season, and uh, I just look back on it again, Matt. In August, this team was unranked, and you and I were thinking six and six, eight and four at best, and uh, ten and two regular season, finishing eleven and two. Now you're going into 2023. You have to beat one, if not both, 
of Michigan and Ohio State to really make that leap uh, because there's going to be plenty of competition. I, I am curious to see what happens with Harbaugh because that could be real trouble for Har- Harbaugh in Michigan, or I'm sorry, just for Michigan uh, in regards to recruiting uh, going into next season and the season after. I think Ohio State, you know, you're probably losing C.J. Stroud here to the NFL draft. I don't know if he's declared yet or anything, but like probably. So it's a, a you know a new quarterback and a lot of new pieces in that respect. But Ohio State usually reloads and they're happy to pay for play. Uh, and you're going to have a lot of SEC contenders. So it's not easy, but everybody's asking the question, will Penn State be in the college football playoff next year? What do you believe? Uh, I, I deserve to be in the conversation, right? You know, um, again, and, you know, for the reasons that we've mentioned, you know, um, on, on this episode here, you know, the way they played today, um, the way they've gotten better as the season went on, the way they've really stepped up and played since that Michigan loss, even though they lost to Ohio State, they still played really well in that game. Those are just the games that they need to learn how to win and learn how to handle that moment. Um, I think today was a big step in that direction for them, Tom. Um, but like it's expected now. It shouldn't be any more of, oh, it's Michigan. I don't know how we're going to do. Oh, oh, it's Ohio State. I don't know how we're going to do. You know, everything is there. It should be, you know, this is going to be a great game. I feel really good about where we're at as a team and, and we should, you know, we should have an opportunity to beat these guys. So, you know, it's, you know, they should be in the conversation, Tom, you know, as as this offseason, you know, starts here in a couple of months. Time will tell. Uh, I want to take a moment, just a little bit of housekeeping now for the offseason. Last offseason, we got into a nice flow of uh, dropping episodes every Wednesday. So again, we encourage you all to like, comment, subscribe, turn on notifications, rate us. Thank you so much for doing that. Um, Our audience has grown by leaps and bounds since August, so we greatly appreciate that. So we look forward to bringing you more great content, reactions, et cetera, and interviews through the offseason. So if you have players that we haven't already had on the podcast that you would like us to hunt down, we are constantly trying to find the best guests possible for all of you guys to be entertained by here on Pater. So we're, we're looking forward to doing that more here in the offseason. And I do want to take a second here, Matt, to address um, our relationship with ESPN State College has come to a conclusion because ESPN Radio State College, unfortunately, uh, no longer exists. Uh, there has been new management uh, and they have been rebranded in a lot of different ways. So um, we want to sincerely thank everybody at ESPN Radio State College, Zach Seiko, the program director. So uh, unfortunately, that platform, which was around since I was in college, Matt, and yourself included, is no longer there. And we so enjoyed connecting with Penn State and State College folks um, through that platform. And also a thanks to Steve Jones, uh, who has been immensely supportive to you and I uh, being a part of ESPN Radio State College. So we wish it could continue, but uh, unfortunately, it doesn't exist. <laughs> anymore after today so uh it's been a good ride matt it was a good 2022 2023 season i'm looking forward to the off season what do you think no it's been good yeah it, it has and as you mentioned the support has been fantastic the support continues to grow and uh you know we'll do our best here on payer to continue to bring you know great insight uh great episodes and and, and great guests as as we continue this uh this show Everybody celebrate Penn State wins the 109th Rose Bowl game by a score of 35 to 21. They take out Utah to finish the season 11 and 2. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.